Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. This is Good Humans Podcast with me, Cooper Chapman, chatting to the world's best about the inspiring stories that got them to where they are today. What's going on, you good humans? Welcome to Good Humans Podcast, episode 106, with a very special guest and a great friend of mine, Matt Granger, owner of Manly Surf School. A big thank you to our sponsors, Drink Rapper. These guys have been supporting the podcast for over a year now. I use their product every single day. While I've been traveling overseas, I've been using their capsules, which are so good for traveling. If you want to get those little bits of positive things into your brain, good for short-term brain performance, long-term brain health, all developed by neuroscientists. It's such a special product and I absolutely love it. You can head over to their website, drinkarepper.com. Use the code GOODHUMAN for a massive 25% off all of their products. Make sure you check it out. If you want to take care of your brain, you'll love this stuff. Also, make sure you head over to thegoodhumanfactory.com. Learn all about the merch that we do, the podcasts that we do, and also the amazing workshops that I run. You can learn all about that on the website. Use the code PODCAST for 25% off all the merch as well. Also, coming up in about three weeks, we've got the Good Reset retreat over in Bali, 11th until the 17th of July. It's going to be so nice staying in a beautiful resort beautiful accommodation amazing food great people we're going to be doing meditation courses we're going to be doing different breathwork things we're going to be doing spas saunas ice baths and we're just going to connect with each other for a week and have a really good reset in a beautiful part of the world over in bali so click the link in the show notes you can check out that there's still a couple spots left if you feel like you know what i need a bit of space i need a bit of a reset to middle for the middle of my year make sure you go check that out in the show notes Okay, this episode is an absolute banger. Matt Grange is a guy who's really taken care of me a lot throughout my career. He was my first ever surf coach at Manly Surf School when I was about nine years old. He's then been in and out of my career from coaching me throughout my junior career to also into my QS career. He's been instrumental in helping me out when times have gotten tough. When I lost my sponsors, he took me into work at Manly Surf School, really gave me a place to get a bit of work done, to make some money and to continue my surf career. But his story in itself is just amazing. From pro surfer as a kid to seeing an opportunity starting a surf school, wanting to really bring that joy of surfing to so many. He's now taken over a million people through his surf school. I think it's the biggest surf school in the world. It's just incredible what he's done. And with a smile and froth and just so much energy along the way, he's got a few stories throughout here that are just so mind-blowing and I loved getting to share them. So let's get into this podcast. Welcome to Good Humans Podcast, Matt Granger. How you going, brother? Good, Coops. Good to see you, mate. Hey, it's good to have you here. My family home down in Sydney. Yeah. Um, known you for a very long time. You've been a very instrumental man in my surf career, in yeah. my life, in my family's life. Yeah. And yeah, I'm excited to get to know your story a bit better. Yeah, well, started off, as you know, I've got two brothers, yeah. Tim and Arnie, so they, they were a huge influence on me and my mum and dad, of course, and having an older brother and a younger brother 
and we basically just were surf rats, you know, like the Hanamex foamies, you know, we got the foamy. We used to rip off the actual the outer of it and shape it and make channels no and then they'd break and stuff. <laughs> Wait, so we, before we fully get into the story, I'm going to precursor with yeah. my opening question that I do ask and then yeah. we'll rewind. Right now, in this moment of your life, what are you grateful for? Family, family and friends. Yeah, they're like basically now um, as I've got older, it's all about moments and time, you know, like those moments you shared together with your family, mm. like your mum, your dad, your kids. The connections. And those connections, those little moments, and they just they just get singed in your brain forever. And that's and now I try to spend more time with people like on those moments. Like when it's there, take it. You know what I mean? You know, we've all got to be here. We've got to be there. It's like you're having a great conversation like we are now mm. and you just sit and chat. Yeah, and just go. Don't go anywhere. Actually, be present. It's so <laughs> be rare present. As well, yeah, like that like actual. So I'm pulling connection. myself up on that, and um, being grateful just by being with people and learning from them, and and yeah, working it out. That's not all about me. Yeah, it's about it's, everyone else. Yeah, be, be interested, not interesting. Yeah, it's a bloody exactly. hard one because, because we all get stuck yeah. in that mindset of like we're so important, but we just don't realize yeah. that everyone else is thinking that. So yeah, let them be important. Yeah, well. that's a good quote from Ben Crow. It's a good one. Yeah. Um. Yeah, let's get into your story. You've got plenty to tell. We've got heaps got of stories. Lots, lots of um, lots of journeys together as well. Yeah, we've been to America heaps, together. Yeah. We've done some cool stuff. But yeah, we're going to go back to the start. Where were you born? Where'd you grow up? Let's call it life up until yeah. um, high school. Yeah, cool. Grew up at um, Cromer. Went. I uh, was born at Monaval Hospital, so just up Me there. Too. Yeah, so, so were my brothers. And uh, mum and dad moved from the western suburbs. So I, I could have been a full-blown Westie. So I'm stoked. I'm grateful for that too. Grateful for, yeah, yeah. for mum and dad. We're like, like, yeah, we were like could have just been on Parramatta River. And lucky mum and dad moved over here and with the brothers, we were just always trying to outdo each other. So having the older brother and the younger one, it's just like you're always trying to do one up on your older brother yeah, yeah. and then your younger brother's trying to nip at your heels. So that was like good little training. It was mm. like and we just thought, you know, just be out there all day. Um, funny story. I went to the surf school with Arnie at, with Mark Warren. Mark Warren was a coach in Pam Burridge. And we ended up becoming – we got the award of the best surfers of the year and we we got a Simon Anderson, like, thruster, like wow. 1982 when it just got made, like when Simon invented it, had the big spray on it. Sick. So we won that custom board, went down there, saw Zola, saw Simon, designed it, and then um, Arnie and I had to share the board. <laughs> no way. <laughs> so it. And I had a Terry Fitz as well, like a single fin. And then we had Simon. So we had to fight. And this, sorry, sorry, TF, but the single fin went pretty slow. <laughs> so yeah, so it was like four waves on the on the Simon, four on TF. And we, me and Arnie would go surfing. No and he'd like yell out, Yo, I got five waves. What are you doing? And I'm like paddling off and he's trying to fight me and stuff. No way. And it's kind of gone full circle. I um, He needed a board recently for a comp and I said, oh, I have mine. Have this one. I've got two of them. And he hasn't given it back because <laughs> he loves it. And I rang him the other day. I said, don't worry about giving well, that board back. Plenty of stuff. I said, i got heaps of boards. <laughs> and I said, "It's remember the day when we were sharing the board? So he said, we're going back to that. So you can have it. And he was stoked. So. How cool is that? What was your introduction to surfing then? If you're, were you super grom, young, into surfing? And then, um, yeah, what was your introduction in surfing? And you mentioned the surf school. You now own Manly Surf School. Yeah. It was called Manly Surf School back then? It was run by um, Ringer Council. Okay. So Nat Young started it and then Mark Warren 
was working there, Bill McCausland, who started FCS, Gorilla Grip. Wow. And they, I ended up going to the surf school because it would, it would come out on the Manly Daily like every summer, like an ad. So uh-huh. every, lots of kids used to do it. Yeah. And then I ended up doing it with Arnie. Down at Manly? Yeah, it was actually at Collaroy. Okay. So these gnarly closeouts, um, no leggies. Bill McCausland would actually get a knife out and cut people's leggies. No, Because he didn't want people wearing like coot cords. You grommets aren't wearing this. And he just the cut The guy who ended up inventing the yeah, FCS yeah. leg rope. <laughs> and these four kids are just like, so Chris, you know, they got a leggy for Christmas Day and a board and he's just got a knife out and just cutting it. No. Way. And uh, it was Collaroy Shaw dump. Anyway, and Colin Worth had the job as the junior instructor, Northy guy, uh-huh. you know, Cole, yeah, Milkshake's yeah. brother. And he kept sleeping in and he lost the job and they rang me up a year later and I was only 13 and said, do you want to work for us? Wow, so you're just the ultimate surf I'm, frother. Where did you go to school? I went to Cromer High. Okay. Yeah, Cromer Primary, Cromer High. And then I worked every summer with Glindo, um, myself, there was Jody Holmes, Pam Burridge, Mark Warren. It was just a school holidays thing and I did so that. Just from 13 onwards. Yeah, just did every school holidays. And, you know, started competing, doing the regional titles, pro juniors, all that kind of stuff with my brothers. And that was super fun. A few QSs. What was, um, what was school like through that period of growing up? What were some of the things that you thought where life was going to go? Or was it just, I'm a surf rat, this is me? Yeah, it was like... Because I spoke to Blakey Johnson recently. And yeah. He said that you said that he'd be the biggest surf rat ever. But he, I reckon he would say that you're the biggest. Yeah. If any, I if anyone asks me who's the biggest surf rapper, I say it's you. So it was that love of the ocean just, just from the get-go. Just the love, yeah. Still got it. Yeah. Still I haven't know. lost it, you know. Just the full love of, of surfing and just And did that take over schooling? It was like nah. The I was still um style. I still did I could I was in English one and, and mass one. Okay. So I was doing pretty well at school, but surfing was just taking a hold. I'd still get my marks. But I was had just the surf brain and like I'd get to school and they'd I'd get cop a lot of shit off the teachers. Granger, all you think about is surfing. You know, <laughs> I'd do assignments and surfing and be in it somewhere, you know. Perfect. Same thing probably as you growing up. And um and now it's funny, like I teach with the surf school now, like we teach eighty schools within wow. Sydney. And there's school, there's teachers that used to teach me and they come down and I go, Hey, remember me? You used to say I'd amount to nothing. And now, and now I'm at the beach. Me, yeah. I'm at the beach getting paid. How sick is this? <laughs> so, yeah, it was cool. It was, um, yeah, but by being around these mentors was important with Mark Warren. Like they were anti, they'd seen the heroin epidemic, like they were anti drugs, which yeah. was really cool. So that, I was scared shitless of drugs. Like obviously I drank alcohol, like all grommets when I was, yeah. but, I, but those guys scared me straight in that. And it was, they always said to me, all bad things happen at the beach. So go to the beach, surf, and go home. And I was like, oh, okay. So I sort of took that on note. Okay. So me and my brothers and that would just surf and go home. Wow. And then um, obviously later when you're 20, you, yeah, go, yeah. you go nuts. But on those young young years, and I had like really good mates growing up, like Wayne Masters, Ewok, and Budman, and we would surf the Bommies, Alf Longy, we'd surf Northy, Makaha, Dontals, all these kind of wacky reefs that you mm. like as well. So we got into slabs. Uh-huh. Yeah. So that kind of got us on that froth of big waves. Like, So what about those last couple of years of high school? Were you competing? Did you think a pro surf career was potentially on the horizon? Or, yeah, what was your – because I don't really know too much yeah. about that period post-school yeah. for you. Were well, you chasing was, the competition? Yeah, I was chasing the comps. So I was with um, – I was sponsored by Simon. Like it was funny, I got that first board. Yeah. And I was loyal. I stayed with Simon the whole way through to about 22 years old. Wow. 
And then I was doing, and back then it was cool. Like I could go into trials. I could go on the Co Classic down here in the trials and then hopefully try to get a main yeah. event, right? So I had that goal of being a pro surfer, did trips to Hawaii, um, did the APSA, did the ASP, all that kind of stuff. And then I was like, my dad, I was about to go to uni as well. And my dad's like, hey, let some of your mates go on the tour and do a full year and see how they go. And then if they if they don't cut it, you shouldn't go. Like it was kind of a pretty rad advice. That's super rare. Know, super rare, right? So crazy, I kind yeah. of like, um, and there wasn't any money in the nineties. Like yeah. it was like if you got like Luke Egan was the gun. I'd compete against Luke a lot. Yeah, and he was like he was the gun then in my my era. Nicky Wood, and um, yeah, and it was only like probably four guys could pretty much make coin back then. Mm. It was. And I just sort of thought, you know what, I'm going to go to uni. I studied like a business degree with the tourism side to it. Okay. And then I was still competing and then Richard Cram was like my sponsor then. He's doing Kadoo. And he said, oh, I don't reckon you should even do comps. We'll just sponsor you as a free surfer. So I was like going to uni, free surfer. And what were you doing? And you are just getting a bit of money for free yeah, surfing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I got a cover shot on in Surfing Life, in Log Cabins, things like that. And I was just getting photo incentives and just sort of kicking along there. And then, and then just doing uni and surf doing uni, in summer. yeah. And then I got a job, yeah, surf school in summer. And then I got a, a job at the Royal Fire West after uni as a PE teacher. And I was across the road from Manly Beach, and at Royal Royal Fire West. It's all Aboriginal kids, so I was okay. working with these Indigenous kids. Happy. So I was all the kids that can't afford medical treatment within New South Wales. Yeah, so yeah, that made that me really yeah. grateful and humble. Yeah. And my mum was always really big on that. It's like there's Matt. There's always someone worse. Yeah. There's someone worse off than you. If you can give back, do it. Yeah. And I got this job and it was sick. I'm working with all these kids, like cricket, footy, I'll take it in surfing. And then I kind of was like, would be, and I had an account at Scotty Somerville at the time. And he goes, did you know there's no surf school on Manly Beach? I'm going, yeah, that's weird. Because he'd do my tax. Yeah. And um, I just said, I'm going to write a letter to the council. And they didn't know what was going on. They're like, what are you talking about? A surf school? Like, this is not. So what was the surf school that you'd been to? Uh, that was run by Ringa Council. Yeah. And then there was Manly Council because oh, there was the yeah, three councils, councils, separate, yeah, separate yeah. councils. So I wrote a letter and I basically had to tell them. I said, it's, you got a dive school right at Shelley Beach. It's similar to that. So yeah. I helped write this. Um, pitch. You know, the pitch to them with Surfing Australia. And there was myself. I was like the first surf school to start pretty much in Sydney. And then Brenda started in Bondi like that same year. So like the other one, the Warringah Council one, wasn't really a surf school. It was yeah, just, it was just a government. Got a couple surfers down there to do yeah. the community for a few things. Yeah, they, like just, proper... they just did every six weeks for every summer. Okay. Yeah. So how old were you when you pitched this letter to the council? I was, to start manly surf? I was about, a great yeah, I was like 20, 25. Wow. Yeah. And then... Took me two years to get on the beach, like, and I knew it was going. Then and then I knew it had legs. Like I knew within, like I'm going to take this somewhere, you know. Like everyone thought I was mad. I go to dinner parties with Christy, my wife at the time, and we're going, "What you're going to do a surf school? You're mad! You're, like, you're off your head!" And I'm like, "No, no, it'll, it'll be, it'll work, it'll work." So I did heaps of jobs. Like I did mowed lawns, I did labouring, I worked at the Far West, worked at Aloha Surf, um, because I kind of had to quit my job at the Far West. I'd done that for four years. But then they kept me, you know, and that's a good thing for people to never burn your bridges. So when I left, I was just like, oh, thanks heaps for the job and, you know, yeah. really grateful. And they said, well, we'll give you casual work as well. So I got started the surf school at Manly 
So when you said it took two years to get on the beach, two years of back and to forth get a permit. To get a yeah, because I could have just done it. And and Pam Burridge, husband uh, Mark Rabbage goes, Maddie, don't get a permit. Just rock up on the beach and do it. Yeah. And I'm like, nah, but I reckon one day it's going to be successful, and then they'll just kick me off the beach. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean. So I went. So and did it right from the did start. the right way. Yeah, and just sort of bided my time. Had that vision and started off with like 15 boards. Yeah. And that was it, 15 boards and some weddies from Aloha. Uh-huh. And we're in Aloha Surf Upstairs. And then we moved across the road to the surf club because it was way better. We're yeah, on the yeah. sand. We used to cross the road with the kids. And I remember Greg Clough bagging me, calling me Mother Duck because I'm in front. <laughs> and there's all these kids trying to carry their boards, almost getting run over by cars, getting across the road oh. at North Stain. And then just built, yeah, started off with 15 boards. Taco, Damien War, friend of mine. He was working with me, and then from we, the beginning, did you have a business partner, or was it? I had um, I had um, Robbie Bain, yeah, at the start, and uh, Aloha at the start, and Sick. then they kind of didn't really see the vision, and they to this day go, we didn't really see what you're looking at, you yeah. know, they didn't see that it was gonna blow up, yeah, and then um, yeah, it just grew slowly, slowly, slowly. And you know, How start are you up now, just quickly. I'm yeah, 50, 54 this year. 54. Yeah. So, this is 30 years ago you mm. started the surf school. Yeah. Because so, I'm just trying to like work out my timeline because I met you, I reckon, 20 years ago, yeah. almost to right now. I would have been like eight or nine at Palm Beach. But let's, I want to catch up that first 10 years of the surf school because yeah. I can imagine there was some big challenges that you ran into. Oh, there's I can heaps. imagine there yeah. was, yeah, a lot of stuff that you didn't expect being the first ever real surf yeah. school in um sydney yeah. yeah what were some of the challenges in those early days oh back then just technology too we i had a mobile phone had a big brick <laughs> and then i had to go out like I, I was on my own so basically go out and do a surf lesson come in and there'd be 10 missed calls and then you're like writing them down on paper trying to call people oh. back out in your wedding and then go back out you know just all that kind of stuff and then um yeah trying to get staff was 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 difficult at the time and then I built up a good team and that that helped heaps just having a really good team around me and was the initial just kind of surf lessons for people or was it when did like the school kind of idea come in because I can like I mean I've we'll catch up to this as well but I've worked for you for many yeah. years and I've seen the amount of people that come through but yeah I know it wouldn't have been like that for the first probably 10 years really until it yeah. became established yeah. and had that credibility. Yeah, to, it took about, yeah. yeah, it took about 10 years to get legs. We would, we'd pump in school holidays and then it'd just die. Yeah. And then I had to go on like mow lawns or, you know, lay bricks and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. get Keep the money going, coming through. It's exactly like Blake explained yeah. the story, yeah. Yeah, and it's just kind of like – and then I had still guys, like Blake said too, I had guys working for me, but then I'd help. I didn't want to take their work because I wanted them to still work for me, so I'd fund them yeah. as well. And um, it was actually really funny. I actually went out dead man's because, as you know, I'm a mad frother. So I'd be teaching, surfing and surfing and then there wasn't much time to develop the business. And I went out dead man's, got axed, landed foot first, got like 30 sea urchins in my foot at um, Deddy's, which is a spot at um, Manly Ferry Bower there. And I got onto the rocks. I couldn't even walk and they were like sticking out like this. I had to paddle back to North Stain like with my foot like bleeding (laughs) and then I went to hospital. They couldn't get him out. I couldn't surf. So I just went hung in the office and just sent letters like did mail outs to all these schools like what you're doing now with with your work too. Same like grassroots, like bringing schools, sending them letters and then got one school. One school goes, oh, yeah, we've got 60 kids. We can bring 60 kids next Tuesday. And I went, oh, yeah, no worries. 
and I got 15 boards. No way. And I'm like, how am I going to do it? One between four. And it was just always like that. Always a, I just never said no. That was what Blakey said as well. Mm. The only way you're going to run a successful surf school is being able to adapt. And yeah. both of you guys are very good at that. Yeah. And how funny is it sometimes in life, those things that seem like the biggest setback become the biggest opportunity. Yeah. I can imagine for you that sea urchin in the foot is like, oh no, I can't teach yeah. surfing. I can't yeah. go surfing. Yeah. But it was probably a stage where you full- had to pivot and you realized there was a whole new opportunity through the schooling yeah. system with surfing. Exactly. Like got in the office, um, just set up for my, because I'd done marketing at uni, right? But I was just always too time poor because I was too busy surfing or working. (laughs) So that was cool. Like that's like a lot of people, like an injury is good, hey? Mm. Sometimes. Yeah, sometimes. Sometimes. (laughs) Sometimes. Before we keep going through the surf school story and catch up to me, I just want to know what the ocean means to you. What is What what do you feel like the connection is with the ocean that's different, which draws you back every day? Yeah, I know it sounds cliche, but it's it's like full spiritual for me. Like mm. that, even if I'm injured, if I body surf or just that first duck dive and then just the water going over and just that feeling, just being immersed in something big. Mm. And it's just like a puzzle. Every day is a puzzle, don't you reckon? Like yeah. that's why I love surfing. Like I don't mind if it's one foot or 20 foot because you're just trying to work that like puzzle a, out. It's a puzzle with no solution that you're yeah. trying to get as many pieces yeah. as you can in each condition and then it, someone flips the board again and you got to start again every yeah, day. Yeah, exactly, okay. every day. And it's like... And I just surf. I remember Derek Hine coached me when I was doing comps and he said, never surf with any expectations. And I was like, oh, I kind of didn't understand it when I was young. And as I got, now I'm older. Oh, I just yeah. go out all the time with that. I just go out with a clean slate. Doesn't matter. I don't care if I get one wave or 10. I don't even care if I do a turn. And you have way more fun. Mm. Way more fun. Yeah. I love that you say that. This is something my dad, like dad always says to me, who's a good friend of yours as well. Yeah. He's like, as long as I just do one turn, yeah. it's like hitting one good shot on a yeah, golf course. On a golf course. All you just yeah. need is one. Yeah. And it'll keep you coming back. And yeah, yeah. that's how I kind of feel the ocean's just got that draw that it's like ever changing. There's yeah. so much endless opportunity that it has that. But then also that spiritual feeling of like just escaping the, from the sand. You, yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, and it's just like, you've like you, you got the wind, you got the swell, you got the tide. There's all these kind of elements. So every day is different and it's fun. Like obviously you're going to have more joy some days, but it's like just to be out there is just is a pleasure, you know, and, and, a, and a gift. Like some people can't even do what we do, hey. Mm, like yeah, even when you go on a boogie board sometimes and just like you're injured and stuff, you pull in the little barrels and you're like, I know. I need this to, is I, sick. I need to get a boogie board. My girlfriend Carol, <laughs> she's like, I think I'll just get a boogie board and surf. I was like, no, nah, you can't do that. I'm going to teach how to surf. But now I'm kind of like, you know what? Screw it. Let's just get your boogie board. And yeah, you come out and have fun. Pull in and get yeah. some barrels. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> Let's um fast forward a little bit through your story because I want to reflect on some moments with you of yeah. my kind of journey through your life because I think it'll be kind of interesting. What's your first memory of Cooper Chapman? I remember you at. One of the board riders, like a full micro gun. Oh, yeah. Drum. Long Reef. My dad yeah. was long. I would have been like, yeah. Newborn when you probably started. Yeah, yeah. You're like around. a full little baby. Yeah. And then I saw you grow up a little bit. You're probably Riding like, skatey around. Probably eight, just been a full surf rat. And then, um, because I didn't I, really start surfing until I was about eight. I remember it clearly. Yeah. It was at, um, at Palmy, I did a session with Yeah, you. with the surf school. Yeah, that was like the first time I had a surf lesson, I reckon. Where we had the surf school. Yeah, we started the surf school at Palmy and I remember your family came there. And then I've still got this memory in my head when I knew you'd gone from a Grom and then I'd always surf Narrabeen as well, like till to this day. 
and I was surfing Northy and it was probably three to four foot and you I'd seen you as a full eight year old. Yeah. And now you're about ten and you had no sponsors back then and you're like I saw you just get this wave and just charge it. And I was like, <laughs> Yes, yeah, coops, coop, woo <laughs> You know, because I knew you and your dad. And that kind of, that's when I saw you just change. Mm. You got the froth, you know yeah. that you see so many kids, hey, like, they're kind of there, they're not, you know, they can surf like you could surf. Yeah. And then, but that day I saw you at Northy, like it was tubing and it was four-footed. There was like solid crew out there. The pecking order was out there mm. and you're on the end section just getting these barrels. I was like, go <laughs> Coops. And you had a big smile and yeah, yeah. that's cool. And it's that's great. kind of like, a, don't you reckon that hits as a grommet? You just get a bit stronger, like year six, year seven. Yeah. And you, you're not getting pushed on by your dad. You're catching your own waves you're doing it your way yeah i feel like that was a good moment i feel like like i remember it so clearly that palmy session because it was like that age group and you must see this all the time coaching so many young surfers yeah where i just wouldn't want to take the advice of my dad but when i'd come and get a lesson i'd like absorb so much um yeah that was that's a funny little chapter that like kind of initial surf like connection that we had but then something else that i remember which was always now I remember looking back, you were kind of almost in the dark with this sort of stuff. But yeah. from when I was like 14 to now, probably even younger, probably like 13 to 17, yeah. you started supporting a bunch of young surfers on the northern beaches who were in that next sort of yeah. elite level and were training at the New South Wales Academy of Sport on Wakehurst Parkway. Yeah, yeah. What was your passion towards helping young kids achieve their goals? Yeah, yeah, glad you brought that up because I was lucky. I did the regional titles under Mick Mock. And Mick Mock pretty much like he ran the regional titles. I did all the regionals with my brothers and mates and it was just so cool like learning, going to these events and then surfing against guys from Avalon and, you know, Manly and then became mates with all his crew. And I thought – and then Mick one day goes, I'm over it, I'm over it, Maddie. you got to take over. And I was like, oh, no, I've got to take over the regionals? No way. I don't – like I hate running comps, you know. But I thought he did such good work for me and, you know, showed me the way with my brothers and all that. So I said, okay, take it over. So I started running the regionals. And then, yeah, all these opportunities had come and I remember them saying, oh, you, the Academy of Sport needed like, I think they need 1500 bucks so you guys could train there. And I'm like, oh, the surf school will sponsor it. <laughs> you know, like I always yeah. just had that big heart, like, yeah, yeah, because I got looked after and same coming back to being grateful, you know, like my mum said, you know, there's someone worse off than you or, it's good to help if you get if you are in that position to help, and someone asks you, it's like yeah for sure let's do it. Mm. And I always had that kind of in the back of my mind, and just seeing yourself, Davy Cathels, those Laura. guys coming through Warner. It was Laura, Laura Enova. I, I remember it. Laura used to pick me up, yeah. and I'd go in her car, and then we'd go to school. <laughs> and then then I started doing the um, Narrabeen High. Yeah. So I was coaching Narrabeen High at on on. Wednesdays at one o'clock, and then we started doing these six thirty sessions. It was you, Laura, um, all the crew from Northy. There's still surf out there now, you yeah. know. And that was a great time. Christo was helping me, Christo Hall. That's right. And we'd go down and video TSB. you guys. And I remember some, taking you out White Rock too. Oh, I love we went, White Rock. yeah. We said, "Oh, your dad was like, he's got to get better at backhand barrels." I'm like, "I know where to go." And we <laughs> we, we skipped out of. Um, there wasn't many turned up one day. Yeah, I it was think real, I remember that. It was yeah. real windy and. Yeah. We probably weren't even allowed to do that, but I said, oh, they jumped in my car. We bolted to White Rock and I was teaching you guys how to yeah, backhand barrel and stuff. Oh, yeah, man. that was pretty sick. Yeah, um, was- yeah, just all those kind of moments and just and just seeing, I don't know, I just got this thing about, I love just, because I, 
help beginners mm. and I always just love seeing that froth and then you see crew like you guys coming through and then you see the next froth and you do an events and you start to get you know, you you won an Aussie title, and mm. man, we started training with Darty too. Yeah, I do. We started doing yeah, we started Darty doing Cro- light movement stuff. Yeah, back we're then. young. Yeah, 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 super young. Yeah, in Chroma. That's the thing. Like you were one of the people who was super instrumental in getting me in the gym, equipment ready. Yeah, and it's funny we've kind of like bounced in and out yeah. throughout my career. Over it wasn't years. this. Over it wasn't all the time. Yeah, it was just it was like, like four years here, then a break. Yeah. And then you came back when you're doing your pro stuff. Yeah, which we'll catch up to that part of the story. Yeah. I want to quickly go back to the surf school. Now into this part, this is probably around this same era. It's becoming quite successful. Like mm. you said, you had 1500 bucks you could put towards something like that. Mm. What did it mean to you to just get to teach people to surf, to give people that froth that you obviously have and now what, you've probably had over a million people come through Manly yeah, Surf School? pretty much, yeah. Wow. Easy. Yeah, like some days we'll do four or 500 people a day. Wow. You know, and it's cool. And I some, still, I still, I, yeah, and yeah. some, I still get people come up to me in the street and go, "Yeah, you taught me how to surf." I'm like, "Yeah, right. Yeah, that's, I remember. Yeah, like." But yeah, I just even even when I'm tired and I just see that froth, that froth level, and just swimming around, pushing people in waves. As you know, I've got heaps of energy, so I like being tired. So it's good I can actually do a job where it's physical. And I'm in the surf and I'm teaching something I love. Mm. So it just all worked out. Yeah. So then every day I'm like still pinching myself. Yeah, yeah. I'm never going, oh, damn it. Oh, got to go down to teach surf school. I'm yeah. like, what's going to happen today? What, who am I going to meet? Who am I going to froth out? What am I going to teach? And there's so many, you know, I can relay all these funny stories now to people. You know, Scott Romain still works with me. And these poor kids listen to our stories. <laughs> but they're funny, you know. Yeah. All the jokes and... Yeah, no, it's it's so cool. Um, the only bummer, like as Blake said, is just conditions. When when it is like last year, we had like Worst constant season, rain, yeah. big surf, and that's when it gets you down. But mm. not from only because you can't teach them because yeah. the beach is closed. If the beach is closed, we can't teach them. Yeah, people miss out on that opportunity that some of them only get that one day to come and do it. So it does make it hard. But yeah, it's been crazy. And, to see. and then also getting to pick a team that you want to work with. Mm. That's really that's that's so awesome too like i can i just pick people with no egos um don't like people that are just going to belittle others or or bully them or you know you want a solid team that are all on the same page as you so i can actually go to work like when i was working with you we'd have the banter and it's fun and we're talking crap about life and we're joking with the clients and joking with us and Mm. it's a bit light and it's fun you're surfing and you're you're surfing yeah and that's like it's a good vibe yeah it's been um it's been epic and I want to ask you this question and it's going to, I don't know how you're going to answer it. <laughs> when I lost my sponsors early and whatnot and I needed work to be able to chase my surf career, yeah, you straight away, no worries, come and give me a job. Yeah, Where did you see my career going once you saw me lose my sponsors and stuff? Because that was when I came to you and said, hey, yeah, not only do I need a bit of help potentially yeah. with work so I can financially support myself, I might need some coaching and you put your hand up to coach me for free to help me yeah. out. Yeah, what was going through your head there? Did you uh, see like, yeah, oh, I, you still got a chance? Or you no, like- I still knew you had a chance because mm-hmm. I never because I'd seen what happened to Hoggy and heaps of guys like high level like yourself and I always thought that sponsors doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Like if you can, if there's a will, there's a way. Yeah. And seeing um, Hoggy's transition too, like losing his longtime sponsor of um, Rip Curl and then coming back and doing it himself and then you doing it, I'm like, I thought that's sick. Like I wasn't. It was the other. I was the opposite. Yeah. I'm like, 
he's got full grit, you know, true grit. He's mm. going to he's going to work for himself, he's going to make his own money, he's going to be his own man and then he might get a sponsor, but if not, who cares? Yeah. He he can still make it and you you mate, you got that close say that many know. times. But it's funny, yeah, I got that close, but and it's so funny the way that we call it like that close, but it's something I reflect on a lot now. Mm. And I just know so many athletes must look at their career with like regret and mm. shame and I look at it now with like we just put our yardstick in such a weird place. Like anyone who travels the world surfing, mm. you've won. Like yeah, sure, there might not be the trophies. I mean, there's still plenty of trophies sitting around my house, but it's like. But you, yeah, you lived a rich life. Yeah, I traveled yeah, the world look at surfing, barreled, and saw amazing spots. Mm. Even you know, even when the waves weren't good, you're seeing these beautiful countries. Hey, and oh, meeting exactly. people, you got people around the world that are made. Oh, it's like how I built my business. Yeah, all the learnings I've had. I met my beautiful partner traveling yeah. the world surfing. Like it's given me everything. So yeah. it's like I don't look at it like I didn't quite make it. I look at it like I made it. But yeah, it's, yeah, it's, and it's, even like it's funny. Like for me, like I chose. I knew I was like, well, I'm not going to chase this. Uh, one back, one back then, the money wasn't there. And, Two, I'm like, well, I might not be good enough. But now I look back and I'm so grateful that didn't happen. Mm. You know, it, just, it makes sense because I went on another path. Yeah. And you're on another path now. Absolutely. And I remember going for, I remember trying to go for jobs too at the time. I was at the far west, but I was still trying to get other jobs. Like I was, and at the time I'd get, I wouldn't get the job. And I'm like, damn it. And now I look back, I'm stoked I didn't get that job because mm. I wouldn't have gone on this path of the surf school and have that belief and, yeah. and charge. So it's funny where it takes you, hey, the yeah. life. And, yeah, I like the how you're saying there's no regrets because mm. I have no regrets either. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, that's it's just I would rather regret not doing it than not doing it at all. Is that right? <laughs> Something like that. Yeah, I'd rather. What is that? I'd rather regret doing it than not doing there, it at all. Yeah, that's, there you yeah, go. Yeah, there you go. Absolutely. Always live that as a grommet. Mm. And it got me in trouble sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. Um, Plenty of stories along the way that I'm sure are probably not quite for this yeah, podcast, but yeah. something I want to talk to you about and you were telling me off air because obviously I've just done this 12 months sober. You just told me you did four years sober. Yeah. We actually I would have been right before you sober. It probably yeah. started. We went to America and had a pretty yeah. loose time together. Yeah. Your dad was sober and we weren't. Yeah. And we ran a bit of a mark. Yeah. So tell me what you describe your relationship with alcohol prior to the four years sober and what it's like now because yeah. yeah, it looks like you're in probably the best mental state and yeah. happy healthy than you've ever been it was funny hey like i always knew it was in the back of my mind that i needed to put a rain on it mm. and i kind of it was like i knew it was a, like i even write it down to myself i'd write down like notes to myself so curious yeah. yeah i was like i knew it was a chink in my armor you know happy guy loving guy like open and then i had this thing called alcohol and it was always there. It's just part of the Australian culture. I'm not making excuses yeah, yeah. because it was my choice. But we started drinking like at 12, 13 at board riders. And then, you know, you, every time you drank, it was about going hard. Mm. It wasn't like having a little, like my mum and dad would say, Matt, you know, you can just have a little wine and just relax. Mm. It was just our culture. It was like, rah, the 80s, yeah. 90s. It was all revved up. Yeah. And then I kind of had, and, and then I had all these excuses in my own brain. Because I work hard, I have a good business, I, I do I do the gym every day. I'm allowed to have four or five beers, you know, like mm. and then every now and again, like we had a couple of big nights in America. Same thing, like I'd get to a point and I wouldn't care anymore. I'd just go, I'm just gonna go nuts. Yeah. I wouldn't pull myself in. I had no switch. Yeah. Whereas my brothers had switches, which I didn't. And it's funny, my grandfather had it too. Um, 
yeah, same. He just had that part of his, like a gene in a way. So now I just know I'm better off without it and I drink non-alcoholic beer and I might have the odd mid-strength here and there. Mm. And it's made, it's made such a difference to my sleep, like all the science is coming out with Huberman, how mm. bad it's for you. Um, just waking up going, oh, wow, how good's today? I'm fresh. I'm not, I haven't got a fuzzy head. I'm not going, oh, what did I do last night? And I don't judge anyone for drinking and that's that's their life. That's the thing mm. too I learned not to – I'm not on my high horse. Anyone can have 10 beers next to me and I'll be like, sweet, go for it. Mm. I've done my time. Yeah, that's how I feel too. Yeah. I'm like, i got no yeah. judgment at all. I'm like, that yeah. was me for so yeah, long. Yeah, I had a good time. Yeah, I mean, I'm about to go to Europe and I'm sure that'll be me for yeah. a few of those weeks. But I just think my relationship's completely changed with it. Which Yeah, and it's good. I actually had that time off and now I can have like go to – like I was scared. I was really fearful and then I, I was um, of having a drink again. And I just did it smart. And I just worked it out. It's all, it's all pretty much um, how much alcohol content. So first beer I ever had was just like a light with, with lemonade. Oh, yeah, I just have a shandy. <laughs> and I'd had like two shandies. and like, oh, didn't That's get a, drunk. How yeah, good is that? I enjoyed it. I had a I drink, had a drink but I didn't yeah, get drunk. I had a cold. And I like a cold drink. Mm. So that's what I've learned. And I remember reading from this Tibetan monk. And it's, it's good too, like for, for competing as well. And people, I would go like, mentally i would be like this and then i'd start drinking it and i'd go more fired up mm. i want to go let's go let's keep going let's get some red wine or let's yeah, get yeah. some vodka that's kind of how i feel let's go like rah! yeah and now i'm like this tibetan monk was like just keep everything like this mm. and now i could have like two drinks and go no nah, mm. that's it yeah you're done just keep it go back down yeah don't go up mm. and um just got me i just didn't didn't care, you know. I'd just be a rat bag and funny. I thought I was, and it's funny. All the all the cliches. I, if I stop drinking, I'm not going to be funny anymore. Mm. I'm not going to be. And then you do it, and you go out to parties, have a ball, yeah. be on the dance floor, totally sober. Yeah. And like, oh, Matt's on. I'm like, no, yeah. I haven't had one drink. I'm just having a ball. Yeah. yeah. And you get more in the moment too, in mm. the combos. Yeah. And now I go to parties and I like people are getting drunk and I'm not judging them. I'm just like I hear the same story three times and slurring and I go, that was probably me. Exactly. And I've got to go. Let's go. Me yeah. and Shaz are going, let's get out of here. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. No, it's it's part of our society. It's just learning how to manage it, hey. Mm. I think, yeah, people like you, hopefully people like me, yeah. without forcing it down people's throat, you just mention it to people and I bet you the most common response mm. is like, oh, I wish I could do that. Yeah, I wish I could do that. Heineken Zero is epic, you yeah. know. All those, all the heaps, heaps normal. Yeah, they're good too. There's some good products out there mm. now. Another little topic I want to talk about: Surfers Gym. Yeah, it's funny. I went in there and trained yesterday. Yeah, cool. And it's really cool. Yeah, thank you. By the way, I didn't ask yeah, you. About no, you. no, you got a gold pass. <laughs> gold pass. <laughs> you were one of the founding members. I remember like ripping up the tiles mm. and the floorboards across the road. So mm. that's where I wanted to go with it because I think this is a good, a good. Uh, thing for people to realize that you didn't just start this amazing gym like you walk in there now it's epic yeah. like the levels that it's gone through to yeah. get to where it is now is amazing mm. but it doesn't happen overnight and it yeah like you've kind of like built up to what it is now yeah so tell me why you wanted to start a surfers gym and give people a space like that yeah well it started well started coaching guys like yourself and then and then they would go to trainers like they turn up to train like we do a surf training session at long reef at four o'clock after school and guys would turn up like i can't walk today maddie and 
I did a session with my trainer. I'm like, what did you do? Oh, I went for a 10K run. I'm like, that's not going to make you surf better. Mm. And um, I had the softboard factory in Villiers Place across the road from the surface gym is now yeah. that little space, our first gym. Yeah. And then we're making them there with Christo and then China came. So we started making the boards in China and the boards are turning up like clean, pristine in boxes with, so that we'd clean the whole factory and made it. I thought, oh, this turned into a gym. I started it with Christian Cook. Yeah. And then uh, Christian had to move up north and so I took I did it. a workshop with him. Like yeah, yeah took it over with Christian and then he had to bail. So I just thought, oh, I'm on my own now. And then I kind of just did what I could, you know. Yeah, it slowly then. evolved. That's the yeah. cool thing about it. You never tried to go over the top and go out of your yeah. reach. You kind of yeah. And I turned. find that it's really important in business. Like, don't if you you just got to go step by step. Yeah. And just grow organically. Mm. And then we moved across the road. I've always wanted that building across the road. Yeah. And um, because they had the high ceilings and the vibe and kept hassling the guy going, hey, mate, you know, if you want to sell, can I get that? Can I buy your building? He's like, nah, I get 50 grand cash a year. And then the 400 marijuana plants were caught, the guy was caught in there no, um, growing really, 400 yeah. marijuana so plants. So for a dip bargain, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> He's like, see, I don't have to get rid of him. <laughs> He's finally like, I'll sell it to you yeah. And then we started off and then we did what I we could. I was in there helping and build Yeah, that you helped me, you we'll me build that big jungle gym. Yeah. You helped me there and we put the mats down and at the time we just used the, the jiu-jitsu mats and then there was a jiu-jitsu place that I knew and they they had a they had flooding problems and they had heaps of mats and they so we used those which we we just built that and at the time it was a little bit grotty and it wasn't through COVID where we just thought, hey, let's let's make this way better space. Like mm. you gotta make it more less grungy, get the Fuji mats, those nice jujitsu yeah. mats, open it up. I got right into that movements training like with Rodrigo. So that yeah. was that was a game change. I just frothed out on that because it was a mixture of jiu-jitsu and gymnastic and natural. Yeah. And then, yeah, just – and now it's just growing, 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 growing. But I always started for the love, just yeah. the love of being able to train for one, training people with surfers. It's so sick. I go yeah. to a gym now and we train barefoot, mm. pair of bodies, and we know everyone. Yeah. There's not like roid heads in the mirror doing <laughs> selfies and stuff yeah. like that. Now let's talk. But, if but somebody's yeah. listening right now, they live on the northern beaches. They're a surfer. What's the surfers gym? Why should they come down and train? What sort of programs do you offer and stuff? Just good little yeah opportunity to encourage some people to come check it out because it's sick in there. Yeah, you don't have to rip. Um, it's for all levels, beginner, intermediate, advanced. You don't even have to surf, really. Don't have to surf because it helps golf and all that. Yeah. There's a lot of rotational stuff mm. in golf, as you know. And just having this this protocol now where we try to always do about twenty minutes of movement. And either 20 minutes of cardio or 20 minutes of strength. And, and then I always, in my classes, 10 minutes of breath work. Because mm. I love how good it's been for me. And you and I were doing a lot of breath work together yeah. and the ice baths. And so just having that community where people can come, feel, feel relaxed, not judged. Doesn't matter if you want to go hard, you want to go slow. And I think movement's like the key. I've mm. never felt, my body feels better now than it was yeah, wow. when I was 20, just by doing heaps of different styles of movement amazing so what sort of sessions do you like what are if somebody wanted to come and join art what sort of what are your offerings for people just an opportunity yeah we do like um they can do the gym unlimited they can do as many classes as they want and use the gym as well yeah and then other people get 10 packs sick. um there's classes every day there's there like four classes a day sick so yeah we, we've got a better timetable now nice. like we've got like one at 6 a.m one at 9 30 one at 5 30 one at 6 30 sick so it's a good crew and we've got people being with us for like 
five years now. Yeah. It's unreal. Yeah, it's sick in there. I love it. Yeah, and it's just cool, isn't it? How good we got all the surfboards in there. Just got you walk in, you feel like home, hey? Yeah, it's just a big, nice space yeah. to come and train in. Yeah, good place to come if you're a surfer and yeah. need somewhere to yeah f- come make along, yourself hang feel out. better. One story I want to quickly chat to about because I love this. It's, it's <laughs> so fascinating. You know where I'm going to go with this. And I remember you told me like because we were at the time. I'm pretty sure when you found this out, pretty yeah. close. Yeah. Tell me about when you found out you're a grandpa. Oh, that was gnarly. I was like, it was a Monday morning. And I was going to work and I had to do a stand-up paddle lesson down at Ferry Bower with Gumtree. So I had to change vehicles. I won't be too um, – I won't go too much in the detail. But anyway, so I've changed cars, jumped into this big stand-up paddle van with no Bluetooth, full of boards. I'm in Wakers Parkway. I start the van. I'm driving along and this phone rings. And I don't even know who it is. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll answer it. And this guy's really nervous on the phone. He goes, hey, bro, what are you doing right now? If you're doing something, pull your car over because I've got to tell you something really heavy. And my jo- my whole heart just went, Whew. I'm like, someone's dead. And he goes, yeah. yeah. So I thought, and he goes, I'm your son. I was just like, what? 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 And I've already got a son there. I got Tasman and Bella. So Tasman in the car. No, no, oh, they're, yeah. they're at, yeah. Oh yeah, Taz was about. He was. This story gets even crazier. Um, Taz, I think Bella was probably. 13 at the time, Taz was 15. Yeah, so you got two kids with two your kids, wife at the yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. Didn't know anything about this long Didn't know son. anything, hey. And I'm like, and I'm the dad on the phone talking to this guy going, what do you mean? How does that work out? Like I'm supposed to tell him about the birds and the bees, but yeah. he's telling me like I'm, I'm your son. So I'm like, oh, mate, this is heavy. Take a photo of yourself. I'm going to hang up, send me a photo of yourself, and I'll send you a photo of myself. And then I look and I go, no way. He looked exactly like me. And I'm like, shit. And he's like, do you remember a girl called Simone? I'm like, yeah, yeah. Um, and then we started talking and then I, I think I go, oh, oh, I think I'm your dad. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and this is the, the, the story keeps getting crazier. And then I ring Christy. I ring her, wife my wife time. at the time. Yeah, call her. She's 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 in the airport with Taz, my son, and they're going to the Pro Junior at um, Phillip Island. And I'm driving down Wakers Parkway and I'm on the phone telling her, hey, I just found out I got a son. But it was before I'd met her. Like I was yeah, yeah. Dean, I, I was 18 when when, when he was conceived, yeah. And, I, and then you go overseas on a surf trip and you just- Broke up with the chick. Yeah, tell ya. Yeah, so I was. That's how I remembered because you remember the first surf trip. Like I, I remember saving up money, got a Datsun sixteen hundred car, enough money for G Land. Having a gap year before uni, I was doing comps and all that at the time. And I'm going to G Land with all my mates and my brothers, and I was like, I remember it was a big deal back nineteen eighty eight. And um, so I just was going out with this girl, and it wasn't gnarly. I just said, oh look, maybe we should just break up. Never saw her again, ever. In my life, and she lived at Coma. So what happened? She went full term. So she went eight months, and her dad's like, she was about seventeen. She was seventeen at the time, and her dad's gone. What are you a little stomach there? And she's like, Oh, really? She didn't even like kind of notice. And then she said, Maybe we'll get it. We'll get an ultrasound. Looks like you got a tumor or something. And then it was a baby. And the dad's like, We're not telling anyone about this. So for he didn't know his whole life. Like he knew her. So like, he got put. He went put out for adoption. adoption. Yeah, he, he got put out for adoption. Yeah. 
So Dean got put out for adoption. I didn't even know. I would see her cousins. I went to G-Land and then saw her cousins in Bali that same trip. So no and one. Did they know? No, like they, they didn't, kept, they, they didn't the even know. Even they, no one even knew. Wow. And then the mum at the time, she she was on the papers. So Simon was on the papers on Dean's. He got adopted and there was a clause in there that she could see Dean till he was 18. And then as he got older, he was look, he's looking at his mum and dad going, look, I don't really look like you guys. And they're like, yeah, you were, you're adopted, you know. Uh-huh. And he had a beautiful upbringing. They're really yeah. good people and good friends with them. And, um, and then she had this photo of Chroma Soccer Club. I'm in the team when I'm 10 with her brother and my dad's the coach. And she said to him, she was pretty mean, she goes, one of the guys in there in that photo is your dad. But didn't so tell her. Didn't, didn't tell him. So the poor guy, Dean had to grow up as a photo. grommet. Every day he's this like looking. Photo. He's looking at the soccer photo. And as, as he got older, he saw the face and my face and he goes, it's Matt Granger, isn't it? She's like, oh, oh, oh. And then, um, then he got the courage over time. I think he was 26 at the time and then he – Googled uh, Matt Granger and then family Facebook, Surf family surf school. <laughs> and then he rang up, he rang up the um, surf school office. I gave him my number. So that was cool. No. And then he and now we come best goes, mates. oh, by the way, I've got a kid. You're a grandpa. Yeah. So only one moment I'm like, I'm a, I found out I'm a grandfather. I've <laughs> <laughs> got another son. But it's great. Didn't he say he called and said, like, I don't want anything yeah, from you. Yeah, like, he goes, I just don't want, want anything. Yeah. I just want to meet you. And I'm like, cool, mate, let's do it. And I was really open. Like I wasn't – at first I was rattled. Yeah, yeah. And how is this? The story gets even funny, like weird. I'm going down the Wakers Parkway and a cop's coming the other way. I'm going 40 k's an hour because I'm so rattled. Yeah, so slow. I'm just driving like this. Like, uh, uh, I'm trying the phone to Christy. And this cop goes like this. He wiggles his finger and he pulls me over. And I'm going, mate, I'm on the phone to my wife. I just found out I got a 27-year-old son. Give us a break. And he goes, I don't care, mate. It's not life and death. And I didn't even get aggro. I said, no worries, mate. Have a great day. And Christy's on the phone. And he goes, hang up, hang up. So yeah. I hang up and she gets on the plane and she's flying with Taz on the plane with half a story. Oh, and, then I go, and then I go to this guy, mate, I've got no points left. I lost my license. Oh. And he's going, I don't care. This, and then so I'm like, typical, this is... I had to be at Manly to run this surf lesson with Scott Romain, one of my best friends. Lucky he was coming on the trip with me on this day. He, we were going to be hanging out all day teaching stand-up paddle. So I had to just – I just got the – I got lost my licence. I mean, I could still drive until I went to court and all that. Yeah. So I just bolted to Northy in the van, just pulled up, ran down the beach just to get one wave, just to clear my head because my head was just spinning. My head's just going, and I see Chris Hall, one of, one of my best mates as well. He sees me, he goes, you're rattled. He goes, okay, give us a hug. And he goes, give us me a hug. I just said, I just found out I've got another son. I'm a grandfather and I just lost my license in 10 minutes. Oh <laughs> so I went out north, he got one wave, just the, the saltwater medicine, oh. got one, went out, rode it, got in the car. Got there, picked up Scotty at DY, and then I'm counting how many months from when Dean was born. Because he, yeah. when he was speaking to me on the phone, I'm writing down what his what his date of birth was, and and I worked it out. Yeah, that was before I went to G Land. I was going out with her, and it was all made sense. Mm. And then we met up. He's got the same weird fingers, no. same weird face, talks the same. It's like an experiment. Holy shit! And he's like, and he's got three beautiful kids. It's so cool. 
I'm but, so lucky, you know. I know that is like one of the craziest stories yeah. like ever. Thank you for sharing it. Yeah, if some people might want to keep that personal. No, nah, no, Dean that loves me telling the story. That's yeah, yeah, and it's like we're like we call each other bro. He, I call him Dean. He calls me Matt. Um, he's still got his mum and dad because they, they brought him up. I'm good friends with them. And then the kids come and stay with me. They call me Father Father Matt. No, like Father Matt, but the one of the kids couldn't say Father, so it's Father. No, so I'm Father Matt. I'm just like, yes. No, and I look into their eyes, and I fully trip out. Like I can see, like me in there. It's like it's bizarre. Wow, it's such a gift. Yeah, what a like. It's so cute, and the kids look. They fully just love me. Like it's it's awesome. That's so cool. They look on Facetime. They Facetime me, and the little guy Marchi. He's like, so they're full Italian. So there's um, yeah, there's Ari, Amachi, and Lonzi. So they're all full Italian names. It's a cack. Wow. And Sarah's his, his his wife. Such a good crew. And um, yeah, all on Facetime. And little Marchi's only two, and he's like, Dad, 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 like meaning me, because I'm so <laughs> young still. Oh no. Yeah, like it's a cack. Wow. And he's he's a mad motocross. Freak, like oh, wow. does like hundred foot jumps. So wow. he's got the adrenaline junkie. Wow, taking him surfing, he just surfed straight away. First jump, jumped up, first wave. And he used to ride motocross like um, around Australia with his dad. Like, wow. he's broken every bone in his body. So it's so he's mate, got the full like yeah, he's got, junkie. Yeah, he's got this stream junkie gene. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> mate, so it's, like, it's a wild story. It is a wild story. Yeah, it blows me away. It's nice to jump into like the family side of your life a bit. Yeah. Long the awesome business and career and everything you've done as well because I think people will hear that and just be like, what? I bet you so many people who are friends with you will yeah. listen to this episode and be like, what yeah. the fuck? I didn't know that. Like, yeah. I'm sure probably a lot of your friends know now, but I'm sure there's probably a lot of people yeah, that exactly. know you that don't know that. It's and like, then I went to school reunion and I was this girl, well, this girl, girl in my year at school. It was a 30-year reunion. And she's going, she's a policewoman. She's going, you've got to get a DNA test. You've got to get, you're tripping. I go, mate. Same hands, same head. We talk the same. He drives black vans. He's black, he drives girl. black cars like me. You know how every car I've had is black with black tinted windows and mags? That's what he's got. Yeah. <laughs> it's a cack. But it's like, the timeline, it's way too much to be a coincidence. Like, yeah. 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 It's so cool. <laughs> and um, Yeah, anyway, so he did Ancestry.com for Christmas, last Christmas, and I did it 10 years ago. And then he sent me a photo the other day and he goes, it said... Like we're fully matched now, DNA, father. No way. Says father and son. I was like, what? So we didn't even get the test, but we do now, we know. Wow. But we didn't have to care. It's like the universe was just, I'm so, yeah, I'm so like, I'm grateful for that too, you yeah, know? Wow. That's um, just, it's crazy that story. Thanks so much for sharing it. We're going to get close to the end of this. Yeah. What, um, what do you got coming up? What are you excited about? What's the evolution from now? Obviously, 30 years is quite a legacy brand business what the manly surf school is where do you see the next five to ten years going is it something you want to try and pass on to taz and Bella, yeah. Yeah, um kids yeah where do you see the future of the surf school and where do you see the next five ten years of your life going yeah i think for me personally just being in, like that's why the surface gym is so cool because i go i've always wanted to be in that fitness realm for my own personal growth mm-hmm. so i get a double whammy you know i get to train with people and and I get, you know, I'm training with them and I'm training, keeping fit and healthy. Yeah. So that's been huge, the surface gym. And then just getting in and learning a lot more about movement, more about breath, 
ice, all the stuff that we've been doing with yeah. longevity stuff. Mm-hmm. Surf school, I'm happy where it is. I just want it to slowly grow. Yeah. I don't want to go absolutely any Change bigger. Yeah. I'm just really happy with that. And then Taz and Bella are working for me now and they're coming in 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 you know, they're coming into the business. Seeing those guys grow within that. Obviously more surf trips. <laughs> mm. I know I gotta get to the Manx with you soon. I gotta come yeah, to let's do it. Are you, you part owner of Yeah, got a part owner of Macaroni's. Yeah, I'm going there in um two weeks. Sick. Going to Maccas for two weeks and then G Land for a week with Bella Ooh, and Shaz. So that's gonna be cool. Sick. Um the business, just trying to keep a nice level business that people can come to and, and feel you know, they feel special every time. That's what's weird, eh? I never thought about the money with the whole business. I've always just want everyone to have a good time. Mm. And that's just, just the way I am. Yeah. And that's how I want to see the business just grow, like organically, slowly. Um, the high-performance stuff's good. I've sort of handed that to Nick James. Yeah. Um, I did a lot with you guys. And now when I'm training like elite people now, I want to just get into their head what they want to do. Mm. And I'm not really into scores anymore. More about technique, yeah. training technique and surfing where how they want to surf. Yeah. Not like, you know, at the end of the day, scores, what do they matter? Yeah. You know, unless you want to be high level. If you want to be high level, you've got to chase that. And yeah. if you don't, I'd like I like Some- working on someone like, you know, their top turn or their tube riding or mm. and then they can, you know, throw that into their repertoire. Yeah. And then as well, like coming off that, and I think this is important, it's something that I've learned from mm. you. And you'd probably see through the work that I do now is yeah. the lessons we learn through our surf career. Yeah. The surfing's only the smallest part yeah. of it, really, as much as it is important. And I tell this story all the time. So the good human factory started sitting around this dinner table. Yeah. Sophia told us um, that she lost a friend to suicide. And then yeah. two weeks later, she said she lost another friend. And it was about a month before that I'd ran those few camps when I was yeah. trying to pull together some money. And I did like two little advanced camps. Yeah. Which let yeah. Me use the gym and yeah, that was sick. Under the surf school. But one of the things that I did with the kids was a visualization technique. And when... Yeah. After the camp, they um, the parents all said to me that that was one of the things that all the kids said they enjoyed the most. Yeah, and that was when I was sitting here with my Sophia had lost her second friend. Dad was like, "Oh, remember all they said you they mm. enjoyed meditation? Maybe you can go and talk to kids about mental health." So how good those like little how good is that? Yeah, so I'm like I look at back at it, my career now, and it's like as much as the amount of hours you spent sitting on the beach teaching me, like scoring yeah. my waves. It's those other things that I learned that have propelled me into where yeah, I'm Yeah, the going moments, now. hey. Exactly. Yeah, and I, I, I like that role too, like just being a mentor and a listener. Mm. And like we are saying before at the start, like being more of a listener now, not, mm. not like, rah, rah, that's about me. And I kind of like look at Yoda. Like I know it sounds weird, like Yoda's like my totem. Because <laughs> I, like yeah. I like how he can just be gnarly if he wants to, but he just sits back mm. and just chills. I kind of, as I grow older, I want to be that one that's sitting back, but you're always there to help. Be at peace, yeah, yeah. You're strong when you need to be, yeah. but you can be that softer, older guy. The mm. softer, older guy that people can come to and ask for advice because you're not gnarly. Yeah. You're not scary, but you're, you're back. You have their back anytime, mm. but you can be just have people's back. I reckon that's cool. And bringing that back, actually, I, we used to do a youth suicide thing years ago called Speranza. Yeah. And um, this guy had lost his daughter to suicide. So he approached me at the surf school. This is like 15 years ago. And he said, oh, I said, no, no worries, mate. We'll do it for free. So all these kids just come down who are um, at risk all around Northern Beaches. And this one guy, he came up to me in the street. I was driving along the street and I saw him because he was like really down. He was always trying to like 
working out a way how he's going to kill himself. Mm. And we would sit on the beach with him in between lessons. And as you said, it wasn't about surfing. It was those moments sitting in between it's on the beach. And I said, hey, mate, you know, we've all been through it. Like I had actually suicidal thoughts when I was 20. I don't know why. just happened and then just went away. So I was just telling that story. I said, you'll come out the other side, mate. It's, it's okay. It's not as bad as you think. Mm. It's always heavy on the day. But yeah. It just sort of – and anyway, and I said, I have one of my boards. I gave him one of my surf school boards. Just have it. And um, he was just frothing. And then I saw him I saw him like six years later and I was driving my car and I saw him pull my car over, got out of my car and said, hey, how you going? He goes, man, I can't believe it. Like I'm a, he's a pastor now at a church. And he goes, you changed my life. Just by talking to me on that beach and giving me that board, it just gave me hope. And I was like, sick you know and you just goosebumps be, yeah, yeah you, moments that and it's just like just like i was saying at the start like just being open and and listening mm. not being the gung-ho guy like i used to be too gung-ho and miss stuff mm. and what you're doing is epic because you're just connecting with people on a really good um level where they can be they feel comfortable you got your visualization techniques all your techniques you've learned through surfing and that's the thing at the end of the day, surfing taught us so much, hey, and we're mm. grateful for that. And we can, all the stuff like all your adversity, losing heats and mm. traveling and and you learn how to keep your head in the game because mm. it's a freaking tough sport surfing, eh? Yeah, it's hard. Oh, it's and, it's like, and You just, know, it, yeah, some hard. heats you would blow up and just. Oh, yeah, and I used you to just, cry all the you time. You know, and same, I used to cry. <laughs> yeah, I was the biggest cry. But cryer. some heats you know you deserve to get through and then yeah. other times you don't. And yeah. it's like, and then you now you're out the other side yeah. and you're helping everyone. It's so cool, man. Nah, it's been um, it's been cool and you've helped me so much along my career, which I'm so grateful for. It's great that we can, you know what I mean, look back yeah, on it as well. Yeah, it's so, so good. It's so weird to think that I'm at that chapter. It's like, fuck it. <laughs> I know. Holy shit. I know, it's oh, rad. But, man, it's um, it's been great to sit down, have a chat. Yeah, Thanks man. for Thanks, coming brother. over. Um, thank mate, you. Thank you for everything from giving me jobs to yeah. coaching me for free my whole career to – Supporting the whole Northern Beaches. Thank you. Every yeah. single person who surfs on the Northern Beaches knows who you are and the amount of energy you've brought to surfing. Appreciate so it. On eh? behalf of us all, thank you so much. Thank you. I do finish all of my podcasts with the same question. I know you've listened to a couple, so you might yeah. know what's coming. Yeah, yeah. What does being a good human mean to Maddie Granger? Yeah, just treating everyone how you'd want to be treated. Mm. I think that's so important. And you always know there's someone worse off than you. Like mm. I saw a guy the other day. Out in, I was, came in from Northie and I see this guy, he's like my age and he's had a stroke and he's on the beach every day, mate, like trying his ass off. And the other day I saw him, he has sticks so he doesn't mm. fall over and I saw him sprinting the other day without the sticks and I was like, yes, like that That to me is, yeah, that's been a good human. I love that when you're excited for other people. Yeah. It's not about you, you know, it's Mm. about everyone else. Well, I just thought just off the back of that, the idea of treat others how you want to be treated. Mm. I feel like we should go further than that and treat yourself how you want to be treated because we treat ourselves so crucial. Like we're so harsh on ourselves. And be kind to yourself. Exactly. Treat yourself Mm. how you want to treat other people. I don't know. No, definitely. I was just thinking that when you said that. Most of us don't even treat ourselves how we want to be treated. And it was funny too when I stopped drinking, like it was all about I had to get myself better so then I could give more love to everyone else. Mm. If you're not happy within yourself, you keep doing all the dumb stuff. Yeah. And once you get that and your house in order, it's easy to give more love and and be more calm and all that. Yeah, Yeah, man. 
Sick. Bloody love it. Well, thank you so much. Thanks, I'm going to leave in the show notes some stuff to Manly Surf Ew. School. Um, yeah, I can't thank you enough for everything. Thanks for jumping on Good Humans Podcast. Doing Ew. a hell job, brother. Keep Sick. it up. Oh, yeah. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.